What's up, y'all? Just before we hop into this sweet podcast with a current pipeline student, I want to talk about how he was supported to get where he is, mainly with attackleet.com. That's A-T-A-C-L-E-T-E.com. Check them out. Selection starts here is their motto. You know why? Because this is how, if you're serious, you're going to start training for any number of communities. Of course, we focus on Aspect War here. Their bestseller, they've got an AST essential pack. If you want to be a rescue swimmer, if you want to be Marine Recon, they've got weight vests, they've got fins, you can buy stuff a la carte. They've even got tactical smartwatches, which are dope. They're really, really, uh, really awesome. Go to attackelite.com, use code ONESREADY at checkout. You'll get a sweet discount. You can get literally everything that you need. If you don't have a single piece of gear to your name and you want to go to any assessment and selection, check out attackleet.com first. Use our code ONESREADY at checkout and make sure that you get every single piece of gear that you're going to use for your entire time and whatever pipeline you choose. Once again, attackleet.com, use code ONESREADY at checkout. Now on to the podcast, current student. Here we go. Welcome back, everybody. It's Aaron in the One's Ready team room. I have a, a a little treat, a little tasty treat for you. Why do you come to One's Ready? Because we have accurate, relevant, current info. Who knows better than a student going through right now? My boy, going through the Aspect War Pipeline. What's up, man? Thanks for coming on. Thank you so much for having me, Aaron. Uh, I listened to you guys before shipping, so this is like an unreal experience to be on here and uh, <laughs> be with you. It, it means a lot, so thank you. I, absolutely. We appreciate that. And you're going to find out through the course of this conversation, I'm an idiot and you should not have listened to me. And it's it's really it's really just a, a testament to your grit and your fortitude that even though you had to listen to me beforehand, you still made it as far as you can. Why don't you tell, uh, tell everybody about yourself? Yeah, uh, I'm 25 years old. Um, I graduated college in the fall of 2020. And I was looking for jobs and whatnot. wasn't a, the best time to be looking for jobs. Uh, I had an engineering degree, just couldn't land anything. And around April of 2021, I just decided to look elsewhere. And elsewhere was the military. I didn't know what branch I wanted to do. I didn't know like anything about anything at that point. But I just reached out to some of my buddies I knew who had served in the army or the Marines. And I was like, what branch? I, I know you were in this, like, what should I do? What should I do? And they were like air force or Navy hundred <laughs> percent. And I was just nice. like, okay, okay. Well, I don't want to be on a ship. So. <laughs> All right. So the, the, the process narrowed it itself down for you. Yeah, right. yeah absolutely. So that's a that's an awesome non-standard story. So you had an engineering degree and you decided to enlist. First of all, the engineering degree, nerd, what's <laughs> up? Uh, but you're, you're also a little bit older. So you had that college experience behind you. You had mm -hmm. the engineering degree. It, I imagine, you know, we're in the in the grips of of covid and the lockdowns and all that other stuff. And, and you're looking for a job and you just found your way somehow to uh, to AFSPEC war. So. I love hearing that, that you looked at everything and you, you got some good input. And I say this as a proud, you know, army family member, three of my younger brothers in the army, right? Oh, wow. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Got two <laughs> pilots and uh, two pilots and a cyber warfare nerd brother, uh, all in the army. Um, but I will say, man, you, I think you made the right choice. It just is better on this side of the fence. How did you, uh, how did that process work? Like you just, you hit a recruiter up. How did you do it? Yeah. So, like I said, I didn't know anything like i remember my last semester of college i went to just the airforce.com took a test of like all the careers or like what i would fit into i didn't even know i would be doing this at that time i just wanted to see like oh what jobs do i have and then like you have to sign up for that and i put my email in and then lo and behold a recruiter reached out to me and i'm like eh, i'm not really interested in this like, what do I say? <laughs> uh, but yeah, once I like fast forward to April, when I realized I was going to do this, um, I texted him back saying like, I, I think I'm ready. I'm ready to talk and whatnot. And this was just a conventional air force recruiter. It wasn't a special warfare one. And he's like, all right, come down and let's talk. Nice. Nice, man. That is awesome. So you hit up, you ended up finding yourself a way to get to the special operations recruiter. How'd mm -hmm. that initial conversations go? Um, so I didn't actually meet the special warfare recruiter until my first pass test, which is now the IFT. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I did most of my paperwork through the conventional recruiter and, mm-hmm. uh, he was just a lot closer to me and all that stuff just worked out a whole lot better. Okay. I'm going to protect you from the comment section here. Do me a favor, move your mic like six inches further away from your face because if they if they hear you have that little vocal fry you're gonna have to from a guy that lives in the comment section only yeah. to get flamed i'm telling yeah. you straight up you just got to be careful so appreciate that you, yeah no problem this is just remember when you go through the pipeline completely you're gonna be like one time a pj gave a shit about me and how i felt and this, and this is it right i remember it's that ne- it's never gonna happen again um <laughs> So you, you finally got to the spec war recruiter. What was what was your fitness level and your preparation like? Because you came into this blind. You didn't even know that your career field, the one that you're trying out for, you didn't know that it existed. You didn't have right. really any any insight in an aspect war really. So what like were you a prior athlete? How was your fitness level? Like what what challenges did you face right out the gate? So yeah, this is where it gets really interesting. Uh in high school I did play football. I was a defensive lineman, average like nothing crazy i'm I'm about like six foot so shout out to average athletes everywhere what's up I'm, <laughs> absolutely I'm a, I'm a problem in a rec league but if you're actually playing for like <laughs> actual things like nah, i'm not i'm not you know good at all absolutely and so like i i did have a sports background but for, with football it was like all power and strength and whatnot never endurance so like running was never for me um and then throughout college I just threw all that out the window. I I didn't do anything. I gained a lot of weight, uh, was just very like conceding myself. I just played a bunch of video games, studied rinse and repeat. And, uh, at my heaviest, I was around 240 pounds. So get it. That, yep. that two, that two and a half, baby. You, you oh, out here. it was, it was disgusting. It's hilarious to like <laughs> show some guys on my team right now, like old pictures of me, and they're just like, what? They're just disgust. I love it, too, because I guarantee you the first thing that they did is like, oh, my God, you're a disgusting fat body. Like, <laughs> And that's I, what I say to myself, too. <laughs> I use that. J-Mac, uh, I, I don't know if you like J-Mac the Crow, that's a, a good friend of ours. J-Mac was also a fat kid, and that drives him. He, he does like ridiculous crap now like 50 milers he just did another ragnar Ooh. so like a 24 hour team race that he oh just does gosh. but he literally will shame himself and just be like you'd like yeah. that fatty oh you would <laughs> yeah. like it's, it's hilarious and, and i guarantee your teammates are the first dudes that are just like look at your disgusting fat self <laughs> and and by the way i hope we do get canceled for fat phobia because being fat is unhealthy and disgusting i said yeah. yeah get over it so from 240 you decided you had to make a change and you had to get ready for this thing. How, like, I, I imagine that you got into development sessions pretty much right away. How was your, uh, how was your, I guess, experience in that T3I development session if you had them? Yeah, so I started losing uh, weight a little before that. Uh, my last semester of college, like, it, it took a while, but I was probably getting to around like 220 and below. And then by the time I mm-hmm. graduated, like, I was still working on it and stuff, but like just for a mile time, I was probably around like eight minutes or something. So that first pass mm-hmm. test was uh, a real, like just my ego went down, but uh, wake up call, right? I, absolutely. But like, I thought, you know what, this is, seems interesting. Like special warfare seems like a great job. Let's give it a shot. You know, yeah, and I just kept coming back to the past tests or IFT each month, and I I saw my results improving like each and every time, and I was just super nervous to take them because I thought, all right, I just did a whole nother month of working on push ups, sit ups, pull ups, running and swimming. Like, what if I do worse this time? And uh, what a what a crazy that is such a good point, man, and that's something we don't explore a whole lot. But there's a lot of anxiety in that. Absolutely. You know, what, what, what if I just wasted a month? Yep. And, but every time I did better than the one before. And I remember my first pass test was, I think, May 26 of 2021. Mm-hmm. Four pull ups. <laughs> yep. Those get straight it, arms are just, just horrible. Yeah. Hey, uh, dog, that is, that is not going to cut it, man. That is not the same. You, you were a no go at station one. Get your shit and go back to the house. Absolutely not. <laughs> uh, the the mile and a half was around like eleven sixteen, and I I passed the rest of the stuff. 
But yeah, I was like, oh my God, this is going to be a grind. But yeah. How did you feel dropping those four pull-ups, man? That had to be disheartening. (sighs) Well, you know, I I attempted like probably five or six, but those obviously (laughs) didn't count. (laughs) Okay. I'll I'll give you the, I'll give you, you tried for five or six, but the four that, the four that counted, I had, dude, I, I, I know how you feel. Like I was at Indoc and I was right on that line. I've told the story a couple of times, but I was on that line of mm-hmm. missing my pull-ups almost every Monday. Like every every Monday, like the one thing that was my bugaboo. It's bear traps and pull-ups. Those are my two bugaboos. <laughs> um, but you overcome it. You, yeah. you overcame and you got to a point where you could ship. How many were you do, were you doing when you shipped? Uh just the bare minimum, which is not what you want. I was hitting eight. Right. Yeah. But and that was tough. And we've we've said it a million times. You know, you're never supposed to tell people when you record these things because I don't know when this is going to drop. We have a ton of content. Um, mm-hmm. But today, uh, we just dropped the you know what's the daily life of AFSPEC war like, and we, we literally talked about it on the podcast today. We did it on a frequently asked questions. But we always exactly what you just said, man. If you're doing the bare minimum, like okay, you're re- you're ready to ship, okay, but you're gonna yep. you're you're gonna be anxious every time you go into that IFT. You're like, man. If I didn't sleep good, if I have a weird shoulder tweak, like if something happens, man, maybe, maybe this is the day that I, that I fail that. Like, did you feel that anxiety when you were on that, on that plane, on that bus? Every single time. And even to this day, like I'm still not great at pull-ups. I'm hitting eight to 10 on a good day. And for the OFTs and stuff, uh, I was just in dive school and stuff. We started off with that in the first week and my elbow did hurt during that. So doing like one pull up hurt. And I was like, Oh my God, if I get sent back for not passing the OFT, (laughs) (laughs) I'll never hear the end of it. But imagine, imagine getting sent back for failing the (laughs) OFT. All right. So you left, you left home. You're a little bit older. You you know what it was like to to leave home, but you went to BMT and we were just talking to Sergeant Waka. That's your recruiter. So I had had a great talk with him. But we, we talked about BMT, and people forget that five-meter target. It's a thing in, in sports and in football. Man, okay, you, you're training for the championship game, but people forget you got to win the quarterfinal game before you Absolutely. make it to the championship. Yes. you got to focus on basic training. So you can be the, the world's highest speed operator. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. you got to go to basic training, and you got to put out. I imagine that you're in one of the aspect war flights. How was that experience at basic training? Yeah, it was a, it's just a fire hose of information at you. Like basic training is like what it is, basic military training. And Preach. like, <laughs> it, it, it is like a lot to adjust to and get used to. Like I couldn't imagine just being right out of high school and props to everyone on my team and everyone that has like gotten mm-hmm. through it, like straight from high school, just getting yeah. accustomed to all that stuff. Yep, I was a uh, I was an older dude as well, right? So I didn't get in until I was, you know, I was 21 years old, almost almost 22. I was not a grown mm-hmm. man; I was a child. Um, <laughs> my brain wasn't even fully formed yet, but I was always astounded by those cats. You know, I was in basic training with you know a couple 17 year olds, yeah, and I was astounded. I was like, man, how how are you getting through this? Because like I've I've had some life experience behind me, and you're just in here just rolling around like it's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, did you use, I, I, I was talking to Waka and I didn't even know, but there was the, the app, the aim high app. Did you use that at all before you got in? I did. And it was pretty nice because it kind of just gave you a little bit of information of what to know, uh, during right. basic, like the, the core values, the creed and whatnot, just silly stuff like rank structure and your reporting instructions oh, yeah. think it, you don't, you don't think that they're like, that's going to stress you out. You're like, ah, just whatever. No, it's freaking stressful because that is what some, stresses you out. It is what stresses out. That's the <laughs> primary stressor is you call somebody by the wrong rank or you say this, the oh. dumb reporting statement incorrectly. And you're like, you get yelled at for it. You did like, that's it. It's a pain in your butt. Like you can just get ahead of it. So I'll put another plug out for that one. I didn't even know it existed, but um, you got through basic. Were you a, were you a flight leader? Were you a, like anything in the, in the dorm? I was an assistant to the academic guide, so I, <laughs> <laughs> to yeah. the academic guide. I love yeah. it. I, I, I was love helping it. him out and whatnot. Uh, I didn't have many leadership positions or anything. Okay. Uh, everyone in my flight was like, I'd say we were pretty squared away. That's good. And and the the age old question. Oh no, I'm going to get out of shape in BMT. I, you know, from from your recent experience, we did a lot of work 
to get operators down there to have talks and lead, yeah. lead development sessions and lead that extra PT. Man, just talk to us about those aspect warp training flights. So I will say, like, it, it isn't the best PT, but it is a hell of a lot better than just the regular PT that goes on. Nice. Um, yeah, I guess BMT prevails. Like, what you got to learn there is what you have to learn. So you should come in, like, being over-prepared, I would say, as far as, like, physical fitness. You're not going to lose it. It's, at the end of the day, it's, like, two months, not even, so... Sure, You're not just right. going to be weak by the end of it. And right. I always, I always laugh at those people. They're like, "Well, I'm going to lose all my gains." Like, bro, if you're if you're worried about losing gains in a month and a half, really, yeah, um, where you can still work out on your own, like you weren't in that yeah. good of shape to start. Like, it, sorry, that's just what it is. Exactly, and the stuff they do teach you, like that was my first interaction with like cadre and whatnot because we had them over from Swick. They came out. And basically just gave us some pretty good workouts. You have strength coaches, running coaches. So nice. that's just yeah. what you have to focus on. And you push yourself during that time. Like you get what you put into it. Shout out. Love it. So you got out of basic training. You got that airman's coin. You got through the, the hardest crucible in the DOD, which is Air Force basic military training. Oh, yeah. I guess the Marines have one, I heard. I don't know. Probably yeah. not that hard. Anyway, nah, not at on. all. No, so then you got to uh, you got on that bus. You took the short ride over from BMT over to Swick. Uh, you know, I I think Swick. Uh, I was just talking to the the uh, NCOIC, the SEL last night. He's a good friend of mine. We're going to have him on and talk about you know the things that he's changing down there. He's got some pretty good data points. Tell us about Swick. So you you mentioned the the running coaches. You mentioned the the lifting coaches. Man, walk us through kind of like the day to day and and what you can expect when you're over there at the Special Warfare Candidate Course. So, yeah, it's it's really structured there. Uh, I'm sure there's just so much behind the scenes that we don't get to see because mm -hmm. we're just living it and whatnot. That's our right. life. But um, every day is pretty, like, regimented. You'll, you'll be running or swimming or working out, like, during the day. You have all those modalities, and the coaches there know what they're doing, like, I know of a few guys that have never actually like truly lifted weights in their mm -hmm. life before shipping out. And that was their like first test to it. And the coaches there really know like what they're doing in the form. So it's just, again, like same thing with basic training, putting out what, getting out what you put into it. Yeah. And then from a battle rhythm sort of perspective, you know, you're getting up. How many workouts do you have a day? Oh, countless. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember there's like a five-ish minute video about like i'm pretty sure trent's on it very briefly <laughs> for a clip right but it's like from six in the morning until 4 p.m you're working out you're doing push-ups pull-ups sifts and stuff so yeah it, it's early days uh you just got to be in it and that's why you're here honestly like what swick is is preparing you for what's about to come which is assessment and selection and just they really harp on attention to detail and i'd say even in basic training that's where like attention to detail really starts because obviously you have to nitpick all your clothes and make sure everything's folded perfectly but you're going to hear it time and time again attention to detail yeah Absolutely. And that's one of those traits that we look for in, in a good candidate is we need somebody with attention to detail. You can't miss things, whether it's medicine, whether, um, you know, it's precision shooting, whether it's dropping bombs, you know, whatever you want to do, like, man, attention to detail is important. And that's where we start honing those skills. So you selected your AFSC. So you knew, uh, did you, did you know you wanted to do what you're doing now? Like before you came in where you're like, this is, this is the job I want. Yeah. So when I was like looking at all the jobs and they're way more jobs than I've ever like thought the military would provide and stuff. Mm -hmm. I was like, when I kind of was looking at special warfare, I was looking at like the four main ones and stuff. Not, it seemed like special reconnaissance, like seemed the most interesting to me. And mm -hmm. that's what I went off. Basically. It was like, this seems the most interesting. Like, yeah, I do have a little bit of an anat and fizz background from my, uh, from my degree, but I don't know like anything medicine or anything like that and so pararescue yeah. might have been a second for me but okay. yeah by the end of it i'd say like 
special reconnaissance really spoke to me the most. That's awesome. And then in SWIC, you actually get to declare. So you, you had plenty of time to have briefings and you had interactions with cadre. And then mm-hmm. finally they were like, okay, what do you, what do you want to be assessed for? And you got to say, all right, SR is, SR is my heat and I'm going to go forward. How, how did that process work? Cause we get a lot of, a, a lot of DMS are like, Oh, I'm not going to get the job I want. I have never heard a single story of somebody saying, I want to be whatever. I want to be a PJ going through and putting out and doing well. And then having the cadre go, Nope, sorry. You're going to do something else. What's your experience with that? Yeah. So you actually do get to put your preferences and it's not just your top one. Uh, you get to rank them. So, okay. Uh, I'm pretty sure like my first ever one I did SR at the top and then PJ second CCT and then TAC P or okay. I'm pretty sure that's what I stuck with for most of it. And every time you get to like have a professional development session, you're like, Oh, okay. That one sounds awesome. But <laughs> I, I, I was were a lot just of like, your, uh, were a lot of your classmates changing? Like would they go to those professional development sessions? They'd be like, no, nah, it turns out I want to be a controller. During SWIC, yeah, like it seemed like a lot of people would switch and whatnot. And sometimes, like, the pool has to do with something with that, but a lot of like the stories they tell and like just how they conduct, like, what they say during those professional development sessions is like, okay, yeah, that really speaks to me. That sounds a lot cooler or a lot better. Nice, dude, that is so much better. When I went to basic training, no kidding, they put us in a room. <laughs> A dude walked in, wheeled in like a big TV with a VCR and it oh, had like a oh. ratchet strap on it. Like no kidding, wheeled it in and played. A, I will never. It was a cool guy video of dudes jumping and stuff. And it was like, yeah, this is pararescue in dock. Anybody want to try? And you would like raise your hand. And that was it. That's that's <laughs> essentially what we got. And then like you just randomly go to the pool on a Saturday and take a pass test. And if you passed, they'd be like, all right, tight. Uh, you're in. Like that was that was as much input as we wow. had before, yeah, before day one of Indoc. So to see how far it's come with SWIC, it's amazing. Like the I've been in those spaces a ton of times. Man, there's float tanks, there's every piece of workout equipment. There's there's workout a piece of workout equipment you didn't even know existed, and it's it'll cause you pain. You'll be like, this is the worst thing on the face of the planet. Yeah. Um, but the campus down there is it's it's growing. We have smart, you know, ex NFL athletes, world class mm-hmm. strength and conditioning coaches world-class running coaches. We're obviously good friends with Taylor Starch and he's done a ton for, for that, uh, that place. And it, they just continue to get better. Like seeing even where it's come, um, you know, now is mm-hmm. amazing. Um, so yeah, props to props to Swick and everything they're doing on there. Yeah. So now we get it now, now it's about to be real. So now you get out of Swick, you're as, as good as you're going to be for the, for the candidate course, you're as prepped as you're going to be. And you take that bus ride over to the Chapman Training Annex, and you report to ANS. What was it like on your first day? Uh, so yeah, we were on Blue Team. It's called down there when you're waiting to go to ANS. Uh, there's mm-hmm. a whole bunch of colored teams and whatnot. I'll just leave it at that. Uh, so that was like a Friday, I'm pretty sure, and we started ANS on Monday, and that was our first interaction with like a coach, a T3I coach, and whatnot, and. Mm-hmm we got smoked while we were down there. I'm pretty <laughs> sure he had us like jump in the river, come back at a time. And, oh, and there, the have yep. fun. <laughs> there I, know, are I, you guys. Know what? I know exactly how long it takes to get to that Creek and back. Even if you're fast, <laughs> I know how, I know how long it takes for like 10 people. I know how long it takes for 50 and I yep. know exactly how to tell you, okay, you have a minute and 15 <laughs> seconds to get to the Creek, get completely wet and get back here. You know why? Because it actually takes about a minute and 20, and I know how to make you fail. <laughs> Every time. They just Every know time. it too well. <laughs> and going uphill, soaking wet. Oh, man. It's but awful. It's awful, but like with every smoke session or any like physically grueling thing, it's always just hilarious afterwards. Like you look at the right. guy next to you and you're just like, Oh man, that sucked. You're just like, what are we doing with my life? I, like, and <laughs> yeah. I, I imagine with you as a 25 year old guy, you've already got a college degree. You're an engineer by trade, I guess like to get done where another, a high school graduate with a funny colored hat is just yelling <laughs> at you and making you do physical exercise. Like to try to explain that to somebody that doesn't know about our culture and doesn't know what we do. They always have two. It's one of two reactions. 
one, they just completely don't understand it. And they're just like, I don't even know. What does that even do? And the yeah. other reaction is like, they'll clutch their pearls and be like, oh my goodness. Are you, are you okay? Oh man. Yeah. It's tough to explain to people like family or friends back home. It's like, you, you can say what happened, but I don't think they'll ever understand. Like you just There's have to no go through it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like those team jokes that you got. Like I've laughed so hard with my friends that I cried like real tears streaming exactly. down my face. Yes. And then I tried to explain why that joke was funny to somebody and they had no clue. They're like, that is not funny at all. I'm like, well, <laughs> you're just, you're an uncultured swine because that's exactly. hilarious in the moment. So you get over to ANS. We're, we're going through this. So ANS is that four week period and pre dive is the four week period following. Yep. What was your hardest part about ANS? So a whole lot of it, like, everyone knows it's physically hard. Like right. you could be yeah. the best athlete, but you're going to hit muscle failure at some point. It doesn't take a lot to hit muscle failure. Um, I was actually on the lower side of the physical spectrum, I'd say. So I don't know if that's just a little, just made everything a little harder for me or what, but uh, I learned from my psych interviews too. I guess I always, always kind of knew this. My self-confidence was super low mm -hmm. and being just low on the physical side of it, like only hurt it even more. So like I was just struggling with the mental aspect all throughout ANS. I always thought I was never performing well enough. Like, Oh geez, I'm not going to make it. And that was the real tough part of it. Like just going that whole time thinking, well, I could get through it, but I'm just not going to get selected. And Man. that that's just a strain on your mental. That, that negative self-talk, that thing, is, yeah. that is a bitch, my friend. That negative yep. self-talk, because it takes energy. When you, when, you ha when you think those thoughts, it takes mental energy, both, both to think them, right, which is a weird thing. Your, your brain yeah. is essentially a controlled chemical reaction that is firing 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But it takes energy for you to get over that negative self-talk because you know all of the worst things about yourself. No one else mm -hmm. is thinking those things about you, but you exactly. think they are because you know you you know all those bad things. And man, that has to be super tough. What what did you do to get out of that negative self-talk spiral? Uh, I just thought of like my why and whatnot. They harp on that all throughout SWIC and they even say during BMT to think of what your why is, why you're here, why you want to do this. And like, I could give the textbook answer of, Oh, I want to be the best I could be. And sure. I just want to be like, push myself and whatnot. And yeah, that, that is part of it a hundred percent. But like, I, it, you'll hear it a million more times of like, just never quit and stuff. And it is mm -hmm. more than just not quitting. You do have to perform and you do have to do well. But I just I just wanted to keep going, and I was like, there is no point in quitting. Like, you, yeah. even day one of ANS, where it's like really tough and whatnot, and you don't know like what's to come, but like you just keep going, you keep pushing yourself. Not quitting is the baseline expectation. That is not the goal. Like, right. just not quitting is not good enough. That's the baseline expectation. That's the bare yeah. minimum. And, uh, and and we've said it a lot, and you know, quitting. Quitting leads to regret. Regret is hell. Obviously, um, you know. Shout out to Trent for for coming up <laughs> yeah. with that one. He's an idea man. Um, but yeah, man, I, I'm just glad that you found a way to to find that why. And it's different for everybody. And and we can bullshit with the you know the oh well this is this is my why, and I, I just want to be the world's best airman and, and whatever <laughs> else. And like you know my why is is completely different. Like I do you know and it, it evolves and it changes. And you have to be able to default to that. You have yeah. to be able to hold on. It has to be so intensely personal that you can hold on to it in a time where everything is falling down around you. When exactly. you've got that negative self-talk, when you're so close to failing an event, uh, when you don't know, like even, even if you make it through, like it had to be mentally taxing to think I could make it through this and still not get picked up. Like I'll be honest, like th this is, I was debating whether I should say this or not. Like at the time I, I made it through ANS and you're waiting to hear if you got selected or not. Like the night before, um, I made a whole list. I wrote down of alternate possible jobs I could put on a dream sheet 
because Yo. my self-confidence was so low that I wouldn't get selected. And But here you, dude, how did you feel that next day, though? Did you just oh, throw that list away? Did you burn it? Oh What'd you do? Oh, my God. Yeah. That thing is long gone. Like Hell, yeah. That that call home to my family, yeah, definitely some tears were shed. It, it, it's just man, a great feeling. Good. Good, man. Uh, who's that? Uh, Forrest Griffin got knocked out by Keys Jardine. Keys Jardine like, just caught Forrest Griffin. It was an older fight. And Forrest Griffin cried in the cage. And he got he got lambasted for it. People everywhere was like, oh, this guy's crying. He went on He went on a talk show, and he was like, you find something important enough to cry about in your life. Exactly. Like, this, is, this is my life, dog. Like, I, I put my whole life into this. I could die in that cage. You're telling me I'm not allowed to cry about it? I'm glad you shed those tears. That was probably the best. How did that phone call feel with your parents? With oh, your my gosh. Like, <laughs> Get out I, of didn't, here. I didn't think I was, but yeah, as soon as I heard my mom's voice. I was just like, oh, my God, it's over. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Got to let it go, man. I'm here for it. I'm here and for that mushy shit. And it starts with the development sessions, I'd say. Like, you put all that time into all those workouts. And shout out to my developers. Uh, like, he really, like, spoke the truth of what it what it's like. And, like, yeah. if you come to these development sessions and you're putting in the work and he had us do a weekly workout that was basically just a mini smoke session like do it for time and you would compete with all the other guys doing it too like you spend a few months doing that it's like you put all this work in towards getting selected like don't don't quit now just keep going keep pushing yourself you're right it's it's months and years of blood sweat and tears that you put forth this thing and I, i can't remember which philosopher said it but he essentially said uh, you not becoming the best version of yourself. And it was specifically about physical fitness, right? Mm-hmm. Not only is that not what you're supposed to do, but it's an affront against your, against humanity itself. You know, you not putting that effort to be as physically fit or a, a good of person as you could possibly be. That's not just wrong. It's an affront. You're, you're, you're no kidding. You're acting, um, against that. And you, you think about when you're at A and S it's, it's great that you brought that up, but you owe it to people to graduate. Yeah. So many people put from your recruiter to those developers, to your mentors, to your family, mm-hmm. you owe it to them to give this a hundred percent. You might fail. You might not get picked up, but you damn sure better not quit. Definitely. You, you owe them that you're <laughs> going to be standing tall and, and you're going to get to make that phone call to your parents. But we ain't down there. Cause nope. that for uh, you don't get your beret at A and S you gotta go, you gotta go do some other things. So um, just a few pre- things, just a few things. So the pre-dive portion of it, that's the next four weeks. How was pre-dive? And, and most importantly, how was the vibe different? Because I understand that there's a pretty different vibe between this is A and S and now we're in pre-dive. So, so how was your experience over at pre-dive? Yeah. Um, pre-dive is nice because it, it, it is a different environment. Like, Mm-hmm. ANS is its own beast and whatnot, but pre-dive, like, hey, you have weekends off. Uh, but the the days are really long. You get up early and you're in the pool until the evening, basically. You don't get yeah. back to Chapman until the evening. So it's what our instructor, the proctor, said. Uh, shout out to Mr. Capo Bianco. Capo, uh, what's up, Capo? <laughs> yep. Uh, it's the only show in town. And it it really is like that's what you're yeah. doing day in day out uh it's just perfecting your craft and whatnot nice. but yeah they're long days um it's it's on a schedule it's the same thing every day you're just getting after it the first day of pre-dive was actually my birthday and oh wow you didn't tell anybody did you no, until oh, after goodness. the first day. And I was like, Perfect. yeah, this Good. is yeah, a birthday to remember. My, yeah, yesterday was my birthday. That's never <laughs> like, listen, young man, if there's one piece of advice I can give you, protect that birthday. Uh, mm-hmm. I was just I was just talking to my friend. Uh, w- one of my best friends in the career field, his name's Chris Wilson. He's an awesome dude. Uh, Chris was just catching up yesterday. He's like, hey, you popped into my mind. He was like, so uh, I'm going to tell this story. Uh, we were at Rescue Jumpmaster together in Paso Robles. We were there for like a month. So they, they did this Rescue Jumpmaster course. And concurrently, they were doing a tandem course and an AFFI course and all this other stuff. So you're just there jumping and JMing all day. Like it, mm-hmm. um, that it would just for a month. And he and I shared, we were in Vegas together. Um, and he and I shared a hotel room. So 
I, during that period, my birthday, uh, was whatever. And I was like, uh, you know, I've never been a guy. I won't beat you up on your birthday. I think it's childish, but it happens. It's part of our culture. <laughs> so I made the mistake and I was like, all right, guys, listen, I'm going to tell you something. It's my birthday today. I don't want there to be any shenanigans. I'm not asking for anything, but I'd like to go out with you guys, have a couple drinks, you know, have, you know, we were not working the next day. So we were totally yeah. good that we were all of age, you know, it was totally okay for us to go turn up, um, in San Luis Obispo. So we did. So I lay down and I'm about to go to sleep and I hear our door open and I like Chris was in the room. So I was like, Oh, that's weird. And I turn just in time to see my friend Dave, like a, like it was almost like a screenshot of like a, a Panther. And Dave, uh, is a world-class jujitsu guy. And he was big, way bigger than me. Dave oh, weighs man. like two two thirty five or something. I think at the time that my heaviest, I was probably like two two ten at that time. So not only was he way better at jujitsu than me, but uh, <laughs> he is all, he also, he just had me freaking dead to rights. Like yeah. I was I was definitely intoxicated. <laughs> Dave, <laughs> uh, Dave just jumps on me. So the the short story of this is that they taped my ankles from my ankles to my knees and duct tape. They had handcuffs. They handcuffed me behind my back. They put me in a luggage cart and then they put a sheet over me <laughs> so that uh, the front desk wasn't any the wiser. They took me out back. Dave had the handcuff key and he threw it at the deep end and he was like, okay, go. And I had to drown proof and no find the key. <laughs> yeah. I had to find the key. It was on the bottom of the pool to unlock, to get the handcuffs off. And my friend Dave and my friend Chris and my friend uh, Bob and my other friend Nick, they sat in the hot tub as the sun rose while I had to drown proof and find the key uh, with a case of beer. And, <laughs> and that is what will happen to you if you, uh, if you decide to tell people that it's your birthday. So oh, no. let that be a lesson to you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, fantastic. Yeah. We just, uh, it was funny that Chris was like, yeah, I was, I was trying to explain this, you know, to my girlfriend, I was trying to, you know, tell her a little bit about the culture. Cause she's totally like outside of the community. Yeah. And he was like, I was telling that story and I just laughed. So good <laughs> on you for keeping that birthday <laughs> secret. Yeah. Um, so you got through, you got through pre-dive. How, how well do you think pre-dive set you up for combat dive school? Cause that was the first school you went to right out of the, right out of ANS, right? Cause that's or right out of pre-dive or no. So straight from ANS. Yeah. I was right into pre-dive and yep. that was back in May, I believe. Um, mm -hmm. And then ideally you go straight into combat dive school, right. but uh, we had a giant gap to where I believe like uh, people who were already operators, they had to finish closed circuit. The they closed didn't have circuit, it. Right. Yeah, yeah. 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 We had to send so, a bunch of dudes to that. Yep. So okay. they had that over the summer and we didn't start dive until uh, September. So we oh, had wow, a giant so. gap in between pre-dive and dive. And they're two different beasts. Uh, obviously, like one man confidence in uh, combat dive is the main water confidence type oh, yeah. training you have. So yep. uh, pre-dive is just all water confidence while dive has that. You have to be comfortable with all your gear and equipment, but sure. it's mainly learning how to scuba dive, how to do all this stuff and navigate. Right. So pre-dive almost like I'd say over prepared me, even though with that oh, big wow. time gap, yeah, uh, pre dive Good. just super was w uh, such a well course, uh, well taught, strict, nice. but it's got to be. Dude, I did the same thing, oddly enough. So I had, I was a phys tech, I was a cross trainee, I was already airborne, I already had an airborne mm -hmm. seer, dunker, some other stuff. Oh, nice. So I basically got home from Indoc and there was a, there was, they didn't have a course seat for me right away, but they were like, mm -hmm. we can send you to free fall. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Send me to free fall. So I actually got right out of Indoc, went to free fall and then had to hit dive up. That was a kick in the nuts. Yeah. That was because we were still doing closed circuit and it was still yeah. like, I, I want to say we were the second or third class at Air Force dive. Like they had just stood it up. Oh, wow. um, and the class before mine, they failed about like half the class. So half of my class was like dudes that had just went through like the and it, they had PTSD straight up. Like these yeah. dudes were just like, they're like, we are staying after school today and we're marking our gear <laughs> and we're going to practice what we say and we're going to practice DSPIs because oh, I'm yeah. not doing this again. They were just, it was, it was pretty funny. They were, uh, and they were, they were hit up. So what schools did you hit up after ANS then or after uh, pre-dive? Sorry. After pre-dive, I believe my first one was uh water egress at Sear, like with okay. having such a big uh, gap in between courses, like they tried to get you in 
as many other yeah. courses as you can to fill in time. So yeah, I yep. went from uh, water egress at Sear, which is the dunker, and I believe, yeah, I had the two day course there uh, for the mm-hmm. parachute and water survival, and then uh, the resistance training as well. Was that still at uh, Panama City, or did you go up to Spokane for that? That was Spokane for Sear. Okay. Was yep. your Sear in uh, Panama City? No, I was talking about the water survival section. So you went to the oh, dunker in yep. Spokane. They used to do yep. parachuting water survival down at uh, NDSTC in, in Panama City and stuff. So okay. I, just, I, I wasn't sure where they run it. So was your Sear? Uh, Sear? Yeah. Uh, Sear was actually great. Um, the water egress, I'd say, was the most fun. And because yeah. you're coming straight from pre dive, you're like, Pfft. you're a stud. You're like, this is, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, even that. Uh, I actually, t- <laughs> I actually took the regulator out of the seer guy's mouth. <laughs> the safety diver. Uh, that, that did not go over well. I thought it was oh, a funny no. joke, apparently, because he, he was talking all this crap beforehand. He's just like, "Oh, you PJs, you think you're so good underwater?" Uh, I was like, "Well, we are." So, yeah, first of all, exactly. that's facts. Second of all, I was like, "You're breathing on a regulator." I was like, "You're not even doing a breath hold. You're just fat floating there." Mm-hmm. And uh, so I accidentally swept his regulator. <laughs> eh, probably not. <laughs> probably not the best technique, but I don't know. And nothing against the seer guys though. Their, their job's awesome. And I appreciate everything. They it, do. it is awesome. However, I think I'm going to get a seer <laughs> guy on just so I can make fun of them to their face. <laughs> yeah. Uh, never, never have a bad thing to say about seer guys, but it is Definitely. fun in the team room. Yeah. What question were you going to ask? Uh, I was going to ask if your dive was in Key West or Panama city. No, Panama city. It was the, the air force course had just stood up. So I, I think okay. we were the third class. So there was the first class. The second class was a, just an absolute decimation. I want to say they only graduated like 10 students out of the 25 that started or something. <laughs> and then like the 15 that got rolled back, that was like half of our class. So we were the third class. I did not go to Key West. We were still sending people to CDQC at that time, mm-hmm. but there was a big focus on getting the Panama City dive school stood up. Um, and then it went like we were still doing closed circuit at the time. So I was a closed yeah. circuit guy coming straight out. Um, and they were they were playing around with the... Uh, playing around with the the course curriculum and trying to trying to make it um trying to make it work so yeah shout out to mr mcginley shout out he's been there dude <laughs> he was there when i was there yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a couple names like those those dudes just are, are still there just gotta appreciate there. that holler yeah so sierra i always say sierra is one of my favorite uh one of my favorite courses i never I, I, so i was a regular dude i went through it as a phys tech mm-hmm. and i distinctly remember when the resistance portion is over with and you're kind of, you're done. I distinctly remember being more proud to be an American than I'd ever been in my entire life. Like I, oh, yeah. I've always said good things about that course. Um, yes. It is what it is, right? Like yep. we can't really talk about what goes on there and fine. Um, and there's good things and there's bad things and blah, blah, blah. But I never felt prouder to be an American really coming out of Sear. Uh, I'd say I, I you said that best. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was I thought that was super awesome. Um, so Sear knocked out, cool. And then what'd you hit after that? Did you go to Did you go to Airborne? I I did the Air Force <sighs> so Appreciation <good>. Course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when so I first good. heard that, I didn't get it because that was before going to Airborne. And then I went to Airborne, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, that makes well, sense. And then and if you think back, you know, so that's for you probably you know a year, probably maybe a year and a half. When you were deciding between the four branches, you got to see exactly what, what people are talking about with the army. It's right. you know get get on the wires at four a.m. Why? Well, because you got to report to your platoon leader, who's going to report to the squad leaders what he needs yep. them to do, and then we're going to be good for a six o'clock show. Like, what am I doing here? I'm throwing <laughs> rocks at helmets. No, literally, some <laughs> literally. things never change. No, um, no, one hundred percent. That was. Like my first experience, like meeting the other branches and whatnot, we had a mm-hmm. good amount of Marines there as well. A few Air oh, Force good. guys uh, and obviously mainly armies, but it, it was cool right. to like just meet other branches and whatnot. Yeah, it is good. There is goodness. And it's funny to see the cultures like, you yeah. know, you get so used to, you know, we we are so myopic when when we're talking about, you know, our like PJs are really different than control. It's it's funny how the different tribes <laughs> like they're they're just different. Right. And you look at that. Yeah. Well, like that's like this much. You see the army and the Navy and it's like you're like, oh, my God, you guys are completely different animals. Like <laughs> yeah. You guys are just completely different in everything that you do. I had to go back. So I was a rescue jump master. Uh, that course that, that happened dur- during my birthday. Mm-hmm. So I was a jump master for I don't know, like 10 years or something. Eight. 
I don't know, like nine years. So I was a jump master and then I, they didn't require me to go back through the formal schools because as long as you're in ACC or the schoolhouse, if you're a rescue jump master, you're fine. You can just mm-hmm. do whatever you want. It's not the same in AFSOC. So I, no kidding, the first courses that I took as a, I think a, when I got here, I've been in for 18 years. So 18 years, I was a master sergeant and they were like, hey, uh, if you want to be a jump master, you got to go, you got to go through the formal courses. And I was like, yeah, but oh, no. do I? And they were <laughs> like, right. yeah, you do. So they were, I was like, all right, yeah, let's go. So I had to go down. I went back to Fort Benning to go to static line jump master. And I had, <laughs> I had more static line jump master jumps than the commandant of the school, like the lead black hat there. <laughs> like <laughs> right. he, he pulled me aside after we were done. He's like, Hey, can I, can I tell you something? I was like, yeah, what's up? He's like, I have like, 45 static line jump master jumps and i'm like oh okay that's cool that's that's awesome he was like you have like way more than that <laughs> and I was like, he's like why did you have to come back here i was like i don't know my guy but here i am so just do what i'm uh, told yep and it, i'll tell you what that was air force appreciation three weeks for me too i was i was yeah. happy to go back to that um well that that's cool so you got those wings you had a, a course that's really about five training days packed into three weeks worth of time <laughs> Unfortunately, you, you made it out. You made it out of Columbus, Georgia. Congratulations. <laughs> and then you found yourself down at dive school. How was your experience at dive school? Um, it, I, it's like what I was most nervous, I'd say, which is kind of crazy yeah. after being through everything uh, thus oh, dude, far. Same, same for me, man. Dive school was highly stressful for me. Highly. I remember like looking at the pipeline on airforce.com, like when I was still looking at careers and it'll say like, basic training, give you a description, SWIC Mm -hmm. description, ANS. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. Like, got it. All right. Pre-dive is going to be tough. Like that's where they're really training you. But I always remember like specifically looking at combat dive and being like, oh, this is going to be the real kicker. This This is what I'm most nervous for. And yeah, I, if I were to compare them, like they're different pre-dive and combat dive, but I would have said pre-dive is harder overall. Okay. I'd say uh, combat dive was just freaking awesome. Yeah. It, yeah. It's I, tough, but it, did it you fail anything? Amazing. Did you have to refire? Ooh, I don't like to admit it. <laughs> and, <laughs> well, I'm here, sh- let me, I'll tell you for, I had to refire. It was the only thing in the pipeline. So I only had to refire two events in my entire pipeline. Like no kidding. For whatever reason, when I was at Indoc, I was, fast as crap at ditch and dawn. Mm-hmm. I could do ditch and dawn in like 10 seconds. Like it, okay. it did not like, I didn't even, I did. I would just, I would talk shit about ditch and dawn. Like I was pretty, pretty good in the pool. I was a water <laughs> polo player and yeah. it's exactly. And I would, I would piss the instructors off. Cause I would go down, I would do ditch and dawn. I would come right back up and I'd be like, I'd be like, yeah, done. It's really not that hard. Feel fine. So yeah, I <laughs> failed that. I had to go to like my last, like no kidding. The very last one I went down on my first eval for, for ditch and dawn. I had, I passed my pull-ups. I passed everything else. We were literally almost done with mm-hmm. my final eval out of Indoc. I went down, put it down, came up like normal, and they were like, "Love, you failed." And I was like, "No, I didn't." And they're like, "No, we're serious. You failed." And I was like, "No, no." So I had to come. I know I had to come back the next day. And a very famous chief, Ron Thompson, he just retired. RT, RT was the one. Like I, I went down. I ditched it. I came up. He had to like swim over and talk to Mister Kilbride, and and go like they had this like back and forth and like he's looking he's like hanging on the side of the pool and he's like looking at me and shaking his head and they're having this really quiet conversation and mr kilbride is like all right love just go down put it on <laughs> take your time but it was that and then when i got to dive school again mm-hmm. fine in the pool the first time that i went one man i could not figure out that it was the whammy knot and i yep. ended up going hypoxic and the, the instructor essentially had to had to save me and wow. he was like dude you failed he was like you you asked for the regulator and immediately I was like, No, I did not. I, I was right. like, absolutely not. And he was like, he was like, Hey there, Sergeant Love. Yeah. If if you ask for the regulator, then you just fail. If you just had a shallow water blackout and I had mm-hmm. to give you the regulator, we have to pull you. And I was like, Oh yeah, I totally, I totally asked for that regulator. <laughs> there you so go. he gave he gave me a benefit there, but I, I failed that. I that the walk back to the, you know, from the dorms to the pool to to refire my one man. Mm-hmm. That was a long walk, my friend. It was a long walk. Yeah, I can one up you, and it uh, took me on my <laughs> third attempt yes. for one man's, unfortunately. And those were some of the like hardest, most just stressful days. Like 
Because you only have one shot that day to do it, and you have just the rest of the day to think about what you did wrong. (laughs) Well, and we talk about it, but like you're you're hitting something that until you're in that space, like this is your whole life, dude. Your whole career, everything that you've done up to that point. When people ask me what the hardest part about the pipeline is, is that every single day you have the chance to leave the pipeline. Yep. People people do not understand how stressful that is, and and what what kind of focus laser focus you need to have because mm-hmm. every single day is another chance for you to leave the pipeline and to waste all yeah. of that time, all, all those happy phone calls with your families, all that success that you felt, all that self doubt that you were able to overcome. Doesn't mean anything unless you can it's pass. Just, that's it. Yeah, that's it. But here you are, here you stand wearing that new dive badge. I love it. By the way, having our thank own you, dive badge, you. it looks like a combat diver badge. That's, that's exactly awesome. love the I logo. Know. Love it. Shout out. Good branding, everybody. Mm-hmm. And now here we are. So what's your next step? Yeah, so uh, I'm just waiting to go to SRAC, which is uh, the Special Recon Apprentice course. Um, yep. There is one in January coming up, so I'm not on the roster to go to that yet. Uh, there are a bunch of much better studs that have been waiting on Red Team, which is where we're at now, uh, okay. ahead of me. and. If if I do make it on there, uh, great. I'll be super nervous <laughs> for that. <laughs> the next thing, but uh, if not that one, I think I'll hit free fall, and then SRAC in the spring. So just awesome. more time to train and get better. Hell yeah, man! I cannot thank you enough for coming on this thing and, uh, and and talking to us. Let's have you back on when you graduate, and we'll talk about the last half of oh, your pipeline. Can't wait. If there's any of your friends, like we were talking about earlier, that want to come on and yeah. kind of do this thing, you know, we're happy to have them on. We love talking to y'all, and, and we'll do our best to make sure um, that we get your stories out there. But thanks. Can't wait for you to, uh, to to keep going with your pipeline. Like You're exactly the type of person that we're looking for to, to take this forward and to make sure that we're always moving that ball forward. So, man, keep crushing it, young man. You're absolutely destroying it. So thanks for coming on. That just on. means so much to me. Uh, I just honestly can't believe this even just happened so (laughs) as much as you talk down sometimes about your interviewing skills or whatever this was just above and beyond anything i expected you guys do a great job and thank you so much for what you do for the community and whatnot just coming from a cone but (laughs) hey man you're not a real person yet so i'll take that (laughs) feedback exactly how it's supposed to be (laughs) thanks everybody check out onesready.com hit us up at the comment section hit us up on the dms you know we're always here for you if you got any questions info at onesready.com we'll get back to you right away thanks again everybody else train hard have a good one